Welcome back to The Outward Effect, a podcast in which unique perspectives challenge us to be better versions of ourselves. We're two ambitious women who talk about how we like to stretch our creativity and work on self-growth to become better people. I'm Shelly. And I'm Tempsey. And today we wanted to talk a little bit about personality tests. So I'm sure many of you out there have taken your share of personality tests anywhere from, you know, DISC, Gallup Strength Finder, MBTI, you name it. There's a ton out there. And we've both had to take quite a few separately and together. So we wanted to talk a little bit about that and see where we fall in some of those uh, personality tests and just chat about it a little bit more. Yeah, we also thought it was kind of interesting. I mean, I think, you know, what brought this up is um, I recently had to go through this process at work and it was just more of like a fun exercise where we kind of got to know each other's personality style. And it was it was a learning opportunity for us to hear about how we might be able to understand ourselves better and each other so that we can work better together as a team. And I had mentioned this to Tempsey as a possible, you know, thing that we could talk about here because I personally like personality tests. I don't know about you guys out there. I found them particularly interesting. And honestly, I feel like it was one of the first things that I did where I, you know, I felt like I had, it was like a very like a reflective moment for me, right? To be like, oh yeah, no, like this is kind of calling things out to me. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should all treat it like the encyclopedia and it's fact and everything else. But I think, you know, the first time I had taken a test was kind of around you know, I was a teenager, kind of end of high school, going into college at that time where we you're still trying to like figure yourself out. And so I think this really kind of solidified some thoughts for me anyway. And I think that kind of, you know, took off rolling with my interest in this. But yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. I, I feel the same way. I wanted to reflect on it and make sure that I understood myself better. But I also was like trying to figure out life back then, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you're never sure if you answered truthfully or whatever the case might be. But I do think that it's very helpful. One thing that I have like a slight issue with is that there's just so many. And there's so many structures and concepts and different ways of regurgitating the information after the quote unquote like test or evaluation is done. And it's like, well, what do you (laughs) what do you focus on? Right. And I think we want to kind of talk about that a little bit today. But do you feel the same way or do you feel intrigued by every single one and want to learn more by every single one? I think it kind of depends, actually. So I would say. Like perhaps, I don't know if this sounds maybe like like I'm leaning one way or the other, but I typically feel like I lean towards the ones that are like bigger, like more prominent, more well-known, like the Myers-Briggs or the DISC, for example. And I think it just kind of depends on what feels the most helpful to me at the moment where I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that's good information for me to know right now. I think those are the ones that I normally feel like I gravitate more towards. Whereas, you know, there might be some others that whenever I get my results, I kind of think to myself, okay, knowing this, I'm not sure how to apply that necessarily, if that mm. makes sense. You know? yeah. so some, some of them kind of like speak to me more at the time, whereas others may not. Yeah, no, I agree. Going with the ones that are more prominent and the most well-known probably have the most experience with most of these things. And because they get the most data, they probably learn more and more about it anyway. And so I think that's a good 
uh, way to look at it and evaluate whether something is good for you to really latch on to or really truly understand so that you can kind of continue to develop and grow. So that's great. Well, Shelly, let's talk more about our own results. You want to talk about your MBTI results? Sure. So Timsey and I both went on the website 16 Personalities, which is like a Myers-Briggs test. And I had actually heard about this website quite a while ago. I want to say it was probably several years ago where I first stumbled across this. And what I liked about it was I feel like they make it fun. You know, they have these different personality, like characters that they're kind of honing into. They sort of tell you about the character, depending on like what your results are. And I felt like this was the most like comprehensive resource that I have happened to stumble across anyway, online to kind of give me, you know, some additional information and insight into what this is. So I guess there's like a twist to this, which I will get to, but um, so my result on the 16 personalities test is ISTJ-A. And previously I've taken the Myers-Briggs in a more like classroom setting. I've taken it, I think twice in college and maybe once some other time for like work or maybe like a particular conference or something that I had gone to. And I had always scored ISTJ. Until recently, like I mentioned, we had did something at work and I actually ended up with ENTJ, which, which kind of surprised me. And when I brought it up, because um, we were going around and kind of sharing our results, I, I called it out saying like, this is the first time I've ever got ENTJ. Normally I get ISTJ. I don't know what happened this time. <laughs> and so there was a little bit of discussion that happened around that. And someone, some, some believe, and I also had, you know, looked up online about this as well, because I wasn't really understanding that. Myers-Briggs results typically don't change. So I think that when I was going through this questionnaire, I may have been honing in on something that was going on, things that I'm working on right now, things that are going on in my life, blah, 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 when I was answering these questions versus what I would truly like out of the particular scenarios. Right. Um, so, you know, I took the test again and I ended up with ISTJ-A, which then confirmed that, um, you know, I wasn't truly like putting down my answers for what I would like want to do. It was like, what am I doing? Right. right. Kind of forcing myself to like hone into some other things right now, making myself be more extroverted, for example. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so on the 16 personalities website, the ISTJ-A is called the assertive logistician. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. So ISTJ personalities are typically introverted, observant, thinking, and judging. We're reserved, willful, yet rational. Some people say it's funny because I don't always come off as an introverted person because, I mean, obviously we're on a podcast. Like, I don't know. That seems rather extroverted <laughs> to me anyway. <laughs> I do feel like, you know, there, there are times where I need to or have realized that I need to tap into being a little bit more communicative or like vocal about things, you know, like verbal communication is really important. Obviously, I noticed that in work, etc. But what would I truly be doing? Like when I'm in a social setting, when I don't know a lot of people and the purpose is not like networking or anything like that, I normally just kind of like read on my phone. <laughs> like <laughs> truthfully, I just want to like be in the corner and like look at my phone like by myself when I'm in a, when I'm in a like social setting. 
I, you know, there's a lot of other information about this type, which I don't think we want to go super into, you know, we can all read this stuff online in case we, you know, wanted to learn more. But some things that stood out to me that I wanted to sort of mention, because I did feel like, you know, this was me. So some of the traits are sharp, fast paced minds prefer autonomy and self sufficiency. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, my brain is kind of like not all over the place, but I do feel like my brain is moving very quickly throughout the day and as things are coming up. And a lot of, you know, my thought process is logic, which is basically what this personality ISTJA does. We like hone in on that. The, the thing that's funny, and I have also been told this, is we can come off as stubborn and sensitive, always by the book and judgmental. <laughs> because we're assertive we just kind of like tell the facts not thinking somebody might not like that we're just like well these are facts like if you like it or not it doesn't matter like it's still a right. fact <laughs> and you know yeah I, I I definitely have gotten that feedback before like throughout my life obviously um, people have brought that up to me and I was just kind of like oh I do that I have no idea so it's not on purpose I'm not trying to be a jerk <laughs> like you know like that's not my intent Right. Um, I just hone in on like, this is what's happening. And I think like Tempsey, my close friends and probably coworkers that I worked for, with for a long time are aware of that. So if I say stuff, they're just like, oh, Shelly's just speaking her mind. Like, that's fine. You know, like, let her do that. The thing that I thought was really funny is this one um, point that I read, which said, may find themselves thinking about what's on the other side of the cubicle walls. Really? Because mostly ISTJs like to be where they're at. But um, if you know me, I don't just like to be where I'm at. I do right. find myself thinking about what's on the other side of the cubicle walls. <laughs> um, so with this assertive trait, a couple of other things I thought were interesting, too, that I just wanted to call out. It's 63% of us say they always know exactly what they want. And 72% of us say our expectations are based on what they think will happen rather than what they want to happen. So this personality may claim to have a more objective viewpoint because I'm like, you know, this is what I think the outcome is going to be. It's not what I want, but <laughs> I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> like I'm being real with myself. And it says, because of this way of thinking, it inspires a greater sense of being right and of like having correct outcomes, which then leads to confidence. And I was like, yeah, this is it's kind of interesting because... Yeah. I, I guess it's not like, you know, that lofty dream outcome. I'm like being real with myself already. And then I'm conforming it. So I'm like, yeah, see, see, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't mean you don't dream. Yeah, that doesn't mean I don't dream. I, I feel like I dream realistically. And if I get better than that, then awesome. And then if it like hits the mark, you know, good, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> No, but I, I definitely think all of those things um, make sense. Is there anything that that stood out to you that didn't really align? Not really. Like I, you know, I, I remember reading the ISTJ personality for the first time and I was like, yeah, yep, uh, that's that's me right there. I think, you know, I think the things that like don't align is like how set in stone this personality trait likes to have things, if that makes sense, you know, because I, I feel like I'm pretty dynamic and I like to like change things up a lot. And so that's, I would say like, that's the one thing that I feel like, you know, I feel like I am adaptable, like I'm okay with change just so I know it's coming up. 
like surprises are okay, but I was just telling a Tempsey about a surprise I had yesterday that was not okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you know, I like the new, right? I like the new, new. I like to see what's coming out. I like to like kind of be on top of things that are happening, changes, the latest and greatest, whatever, computer, camera, whatever. You know, I like to like play around with the new thing. That's the only thing that I feel like there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect. I don't think I'm that steady or set in stone. Like, you know, I, I get the routine thing, but like, I think there's a point for me where like too much routine is not good. Too much routine then makes me, I don't know, brings, not brings me down, but like, it's kind of like suppressing me a little bit in like a creative sense, I guess. I like having routines where I get to be on autopilot so that I can focus my energy on something else, but I don't want that something else to be too routine, if that makes sense. Right. No, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. So what about you? Well, what did you get? Or do you feel like this sounds like me first? Like, I feel like it sounds like me. Yeah, no, it definitely <laughs> sounds like you. I think it, it, you know, it's right on. And, and I see all of it in our interactions because we are, you know, I saw it in our interactions when we used to work together, but I didn't know that you were that yet. Right. <laughs> but even now knowing, working even closer with you on the podcast, it's, for instance, on the opposite side, I I don't look for the new latest and greatest stuff. I want everybody else to test that out, people like you <laughs> to test that stuff out. And then if it works out and it's good to go, then I'll jump on the bandwagon because I don't want to be like a guinea pig. Whereas you're like, you actually want to get into it and learn it and understand it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're kind of you know, opposites attract and opposites kind of work well together. And so we complement mm -hmm. each other in that way. You're always bringing up new ideas and new things that we can try. And I think that's great. I, it's, it challenges me too, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Definitely so think it was on good. I got ISFJ-T and this is, I've always teetered between ISFJ and ISTJ. And so this totally aligns. And I'm glad that we had had that conversation prior to taking the test about how this test shouldn't really change over time. How you're naturally wired is how you're naturally wired, because then it made me really answer the questions in a way where I'm not thinking about, like you said, the things that I'm working on now or how I'm developing and growing and trying to be the person that I want to be in the future. So that was really, I'm glad we had that conversation because the test turned out to align perfectly with what I've already always gotten. Right. So mm -hmm. this personality, those sensitive defenders have excellent analytical abilities. They'll reserve, they have well-developed people skills and robust social relationships. And though they are generally a conservative type, defenders are often receptive to change and new ideas. As with so many things, people with the defender personality type are more than the sum of their parts, and it is the way they use their strengths that defines who they are. So for the most part, I feel like this does align with me, but what I struggle with is who I am in, you know, in my home life and who I am at work. And so those things got split up for me when I was going through this, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. One example of that is defenders, which is the, what they kind of call this, this type, are the universal helpers, sharing their knowledge, experience, time, and energy with anyone who needs it, and all the more so with friends and family. Now, growing up, I 
kind of saw my mom struggle to make ends meet. She worked really, really hard and she ended up making a life for us, but there was a time where she was struggling. And so I thought to myself, one day I'm not only going to make a life for myself, but I'm going to make a life for my mom. Like I'm going to give back to her for everything she sacrificed for me. And so I put all my energy into my professional career. One thing that I've learned over time is that family also has to be integrated into that. But for a very long time, all my focus was on work. So at work, I was a universal helper. I shared my knowledge, experience, time, and energy with anybody mm. who needed it. But at home, I didn't. And with my friends, I didn't put, I just didn't put relationships outside of work as high of a priority. And that's something that I'm like kind of shifting now and making mm -hmm. sure that I put a higher priority on those things. So that was one thing that stuck out for me. But in that same kind of section, it also said strive for win-win situations, choose empathy over judgment whenever possible. So that to me definitely aligns with who I am. I'm very much like somebody who not only appreciates harmony with with you know interpersonal relationships but i like thrive on it like i really enjoy when people get along but even more so when there are people who are maybe butting heads but end up reconciling and being even stronger after the fact does that make mm -hmm. sense mm -hmm. yeah it sounds like there was a good like awareness piece right i think it when you're kind of saying there was a split between work and home like work and personal life like relationships versus co-workers and things like that and then being like it, it seemed like maybe parts of the personality trait was being like focused and like honed in on the work side and the other part was like honed in on the personal side so you know in taking sort of like the assessment and thinking about what you're doing it was kind of like that opportunity to step back and maybe like evaluate like what do you want to do like split it up right and like balance that a little bit or i mean not like balance like you know it has to be like a straight and even line but i think and and that's what i i will say i think is a good result of taking tests like this is because you can be like do i want to be like honing everything in on one side you know right. do i wanna like and how much do i want to like split it up so anyways just a thought i had as you were talking about that yeah absolutely and i wasn't necessarily thinking about work when i was taking the test mm -hmm. but i was thinking about me as an individual like how tempsey from you know, the time I was born until now and who I am, how I would really truly answer this question, how I truly feel about it. And that was the only piece of the results because they give you quite a bit of information about your results. That was the only piece really that I felt like didn't truly align. Everything else was right on point, like everything else, you know, striving for win-win situations. Like I said before, they ensure things are done to the highest standard, but often go well beyond what is required. Observant of others' emotional states and things, seeing things from their perspective, practical imagination, like all of these things align with me. Enthusiastic, loyal and hardworking, good practical skills, even if it's like mundane routine tasks. We, you know, defenders can see how it contributes to the bigger picture and how it's it's beneficial. So that was really, it was a good, interesting exercise to do. I felt like it was right on point. Yeah. 
Isn't that funny? That's, I honestly, at the end of the day, I feel like that's really the reason why I like taking things like this. Because the predictability, like they, it, just answering these like super random questions or it seems super random. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like it, coming like, together and you're like, Oh, okay. Exactly. That's what you got from that. But also, you know, and I think, I think I might've mentioned this to you before Tensi, but maybe not on this podcast, but I'm that person. Like I get what's going on. You know what I mean? Like I know what I'm doing. Like I'm clearly aware of like what I'm doing and stuff like that, but to kind of like, be concise or like hone in you know like it does help me to have that person like repeat it back to me you know yeah. what i mean like if somebody's like oh shelly like what do you like to do and i'm just like blah 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 <laughs> and i'm like kind of going all over the place I'm like so what i'm hearing is you like to create blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff and i'm like yeah Oh. <laughs> you you summed it up perfectly for me yeah exactly and so that's what I feel like these kinds of tests do for me you know I'm like yeah I was answering questions how I wanted to and you know somebody asked me those things like okay yeah that's how I'd answer them and then it comes out with this and I'm like hmm makes sense now <laughs> <laughs> definitely I agree 100% what about like so there's strengths and weaknesses that they provide to you it's funny because when I was looking at my weaknesses or weaknesses for this personality type. I was like, okay, most of these are like interview weaknesses. Like they're good. Mm. <laughs> There's only a couple that are like, oh yeah, that one hurts, but it's true. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So for me, humble and shy, I'm okay with that. You know, humble, that's like a good, a good interview response to weakness, right? Mm -hmm. And so the one that really got to me, but it's totally true, is I take things too personally. So, you know, defenders have trouble separating personal and impersonal situations. And so any negative conflict or criticism, it's taken personal, even though it's maybe meant to be constructive feedback. Constructive, or, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I tend to really try to like work through my feelings to see like, okay, but is this really true about you? You know what I mean? Because if you don't really take the time to think about it and work through it and acknowledge it, if it's true, then you're really not being honest with yourself. Right. Mm. And I've done that in the past too. It's like, I don't want to hear it. I, I can't take it. So I'm just going to like move on with my life instead of really taking it in and thinking about, is this really truly applicable to me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Another one is repressing feelings, which is totally true. So maybe that wouldn't be a good interview one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but private and sensitive, internalizing feelings. And when they, you know, when they're internalizing feelings, they're kind of protecting themselves. We don't emotionally express ourselves. And it can actually lead to a lot of stress and frustration. And I've actually... 100% experienced that. And it actually led to burnout for me. Mm -hmm. And so if I had mm -hmm. taken the time to really like understand how I feel and figure out what I wanted out of a situation or out of life or whatever the case might be, I probably would have been more well equipped to handle it and not allow burnout to, to take effect. And there's a lot of external variables that have to be considered in that case too. But I definitely think that we all have a part to play in how we process our emotions. And so 
Sure. That one was like, you know, totally true. But we overload ourselves. I think that is a good interview response. You know, I tend to overload myself. I want to get a lot done. <laughs> you, know? Mm-hmm. you know, that's like a good interview one, right? Um, that's okay. But, <laughs> but we take on like a lot of things. If somebody asks, we want to do good things for other people and make them feel like we're, we're supporting them. And so we take on a little bit too much um, from ourselves, you know, putting a lot on ourselves and other people putting um, a lot on us. So that's definitely one. And then reluctant to change. I don't think this is a good interview one, but Shelly brings a lot of new stuff to me and I'm like, well, okay. But, (laughs) and Shelly's like, okay, but just trust me. And every single time it turns out to be a good thing and a good change. And so I've actually noticed that over time and I'm trying to be a little bit more open to change. Now, when it's like exciting change, like moving to Las Vegas, that's different. You know what I mean? It's a big move. It's something I'm excited about. When it's like maybe a process change or an innovative thing where it's like trying something new, I'm stuck on the fact that there's currently a process. Like it's good. There's a process. Mm -hmm. Let's just kind of keep it that way. Let's not reinvent the wheel every time. And I think there's a balance right? There's a time to keep things the way they are. And then there's a time to continue to innovate and get acquainted with the new, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about that a little bit kind of also ties into, you know, having a podcast, maybe thinking about like a potential entrepreneurial life, because we've mentioned that on previous episodes of our podcast. And I think I forget who I was having this conversation with, because I feel like I've had it with multiple people. But it's, you know, kind of like, when companies have been around for a super long time, like they have been changing, you know, not everything, but they've been changing something in order to stay alive. Because if they're just like, no, I'm just going to be doing what I was doing 100 years ago. And so much other stuff in the world has changed, like, I don't know, automated online processes, people can self check out or whatever the case might be, customers then start to be like turned off because they're like, so and so is not keeping with the times. Uh, And now I go there and it takes like two hours longer than it needs to or whatever, you know, like people could be pushed away. So in keeping mind with trying to become entrepreneurs or like being interested in learning more about that. I think that's something to like be aware of, right? Like, yeah, yep. you know, there may, there may be some hesitations, but like cha- change can be good and change can help us move forward because there probably are some situations where businesses are struggling to keep up because they were just like, nope, this is how it is. This is how it has <laughs> been from day one. I don't want to do anything else. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so that's why I think that we balance each other out because in times where a change is, is definitely something to try, you push me to do that. And then when there's something that may not benefit us in any way, then I'll be the one to kind of be like, okay, do we really need to do that right now type of thing? So I think we balance each other out really well in that sense. And I apologize if I make you work too hard for change. <laughs> but I do think it's it's good. The last one I have in terms of weaknesses is too altruistic. And so I had to look that up, I'll be honest. Um, it's the belief in or practice of disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. Do the mundane for the good of others. So... I would say for the most part, that's definitely the case for me. 
but mostly like in the workplace, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When it's at home, it's a little bit different, but I feel that I have a lot of work to do when it comes to my focus of home life, just because of how I grew up and how I've lived for many years already, you know, when I, and when having a family, it kind of turned things around for me. And so I've had to learn certain behaviors and, and apply, like be the same person I am at home, the, a leader for my family, just as much a, of a leader in whatever workplace I'm at, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. What about you, Shelly? Strengths, weaknesses? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, some of this is like honest and direct, strong-willed and dutiful, very responsible, calm and practical, create and enforce order and jack of all trades. So, I mean, I would say, I would say these are pretty on, on point. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I'm pretty practical. I, I feel like it's a toss up with create and enforce order. I, you know, I definitely have noticed times where I think what happens really is, is when I see disorder it's not that it's making me feel like everything needs to be organized. No, it has to be like something, blah, blah, blah. I feel like it's more like an annoyance to me. Okay, everybody, we can't just all be like all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, can we make up our minds, please? Like it's more like a, that kind of thing yeah. where I'm enforcing order. I think what it is too is that, and some, it's, this is something that I really appreciate about you and something that I, I wish I had the ability to do easier. Like I can do it sometimes, but sometimes I'm just like, what is happening? You have a really great ability to see the black and white in things where there's a lot of gray. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So there's like a lot of smoke and things like everything seems to be a little bit blurry, but you're able to kind of see the most important things that need to come out and be handled. And I think that's yeah. a great, that's a great skill to have. <laughs> I make I make chaotic situations less chaotic. I don't know. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> and so, but yeah, I would say like that's that's like the that's more of like the reason, you know, like I'll feel like it's too like jumbled. Me gonna give me a headache and my hair is gonna <laughs> fall out. Like, can we just pick one, please? Um <laughs> to make to make all of our lives easier because you know, going back to some of these other things, that's practical. I would like to be calm. Yeah. And responsible. Um, and then some weaknesses are stubborn, insensitive, always by the book, judgmental, and often un unreasonably blame themselves. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about um, those? So, I mean, I would say, I would say I, I pick and choose stubbornness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I, I pick my battles to fight. Okay. You know, I'm not going to be stubborn on everything. But if like something really doesn't make sense, then I'll probably be stubborn about it. You know, I do think like kind of tied into the honest and direct strength is probably where the insensitivity, you know, the perception of it comes from. So this literally says, while not intentionally harsh, logisticians, that word tongue twister, <laughs> often hurt more sensitive types feelings by the simple mantra that honesty is the best policy. Logistician personalities may take emotions into consideration, but really only so far as to determine the most effective way to say what needs to be said. That is like straight up. That's for real. And some, like literally, like I have found that, you know, sometimes I literally need to say like, hey guys, sorry, this might not be what people want to hear, but like, this is what it is. I, I have to lead with that sometimes. I, I've noticed 
because, you know, I do, I do feel like I'm around more sensitive personalities. And I'll say at least I can sort of pick up on that, right? Because <laughs> technically, this personality type is saying I can't even notice, like, I have no idea. But like, no, you know, I have, I have learned to definitely be for. And I think, you know, when I first took this test, it was, I was so true to who I was, right? As a teenager, I mean, I have known myself really well, but I was true to what it was, you know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. And so from that, knowing that I would have been like, seemingly insensitive, I learned to like, pick up on like, who's sensitive here? <laughs> you know, like, who's <laughs> sensitive here? And like, what do I like, so I don't piss them off, like, I still need to see them. Like, how are we going to get through this? Right. And so, you know, the other one here, like always by the book, I feel like that's kind of a toss up too, because of that kind of like, dash a type where you know, it is kind of more, that more like creative entrepreneurial, like, am I always by the book? I feel like sometimes you gotta like, you know, bend it a little bit, like bend the rules a little bit. But I do feel like sometimes I get stuck when I'm aware that there is some kind of process for this thing that I might not know. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get stuck on like, but what is the process? Because I don't know it. Right? You know, so I will say like, that's where maybe, you know, maybe it's a weakness, always by the book. Not when I am like, this is purely creative, I can make up whatever I want to. But yeah, definitely always by the book. Like, so like, let's say, for example, if somebody would be like, okay, Shelly, like, you're an entrepreneur. Now you got to do some bookkeeping. I'm like, hold on, because I know there's something that goes on with this. I've never done it before. But like, that's a by the book thing. Where is the book? Can you give it to me? You know, like, I feel like that's kind of where that comes in. And then I get stuck because I'm like, I don't have the book yet. Where do I get it from? (laughs) Well, you hire somebody to do it for you. Right, exactly. I can see where that's kind of a weakness. You know, it is a hang up sometimes with certain things where I, where I know the book, there is a book somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and judgmental. So it says opinions are opinions, facts are facts. And logisticians are unlikely to respect people who disagree with those facts, or especially <laughs> those who remain willfully ignorant of them. And I would say, I, I feel like this is true, but I feel like I don't have to deal with this a lot. Okay, I mean, at least at least I have harmony with this idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I'm one of the more sensitive types of these personalities. And I think that I know these things about you, like I've learned them about you. And so when things come up where you're maybe like somebody of the same, you know, MBTI type as me, if they had never met you and had, you know, the recipient Mm -hmm. of some of the things you're saying, they might have been a little bit more affected by it. Whereas for me, I know that you're just to the facts and you say it and I appreciate that about you. So if something comes up that I normally might get offended by from like a a stranger, I don't get offended by it from you because I think we've known each other long enough that we Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. know these things about each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's the only way it's going to work, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, I think, you know, it is important, even though, you know, we're introverts out there to, you know, have that rapport with the people who you talk to often, because then, you know, it it becomes easier for everybody, right? Like no one's, no one's getting upset about whatever you kind of like, oh yeah, you know, that's just who she is or who, mm-hmm. whoever is, right? Yeah. And so when they're saying something to you, like, oh no, I get it and whatever, right? Like, that's cool. Good to know, taking <laughs> it in. So Tempsey and I also did take another test, sorry to just switch gears, but 
you know, we got to talk about that one too. And this one was new to both of us. So it's the Enneagram and this one is a number. So it's like numbers one through nine and each number is kind of like a different type. So um, I had seen, you know, on YouTube and heard on podcasts, a variety of different individuals out there taking this with, you know, others, people who they work with and other people on their team, maybe friends, people like that. And I thought it was interesting. Um, I had kind of heard about it before, but I had never taken the test. And when I, I mentioned this to Tempsey, it was also news to her too. So we thought it might be fun if we both take the test separately, not tell each other our results and see if we could guess what the other person had. So that's what we're going to be doing right now. <laughs> All right. So who, who should go first? Okay. So I'll go first. I had a hard time with this. I am not going to lie because I felt like you had different attributes from a lot of the different numbers, but I didn't feel like you were a clear standout number fill in the blank. And Mm -hmm. so I continued to do more research because I was like, this doesn't make (laughs) sense. And so what I kind of came up with was I think you are a three- W four. So it's like a three wing four, which means that you're primarily a three, which is the achiever Enneagram type. And you're very driven. You like the nicer things in life. You are very polished. I feel that you're sophisticated, things of that. You're very ambitious. But some of the things were like, didn't really make sense to me when I read through this either. So I was like, something about like wanting to be famous or you need significant, you need to be like admired and significantly adored or something like that. And so I was like, well, that's not really her, but (laughs) you are very driven. But the wing four, um, it says, meaning like you're a three with kind of like some of the traits of a four. And so it says the 3W4 type is a three that shares many qualities of type four. This type tends to be more introverted, serious and focused on work rather than social engagements and relationships. Three wing fours are consistently working toward personal growth and professional success. This type can often be found in careers like law, marketing, business, politics, and finance. And so I felt like that kind of gave more of a balance rather than you being, you know, significantly one anagram type if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So okay, so how do you feel about that? <laughs> it's so funny. So like, as you're reading that, I'm like, what is number three? So I pulled it up too. And I can totally see how you might think this is me. Okay. Because it's like key personality traits, extremely busy and on the go, jam packed schedules and meetings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some of this stuff, I'm like, yeah, I can see how somebody might think this is me. That's so funny. And then, you know, what you're saying, I was like reading that too I like you know just really fast skim this thing as like you're you're you know guessing that this was me but I am wait wait hold on you have another guess wait wait okay I have another guess so there's also this individual type where what number is it the individualist type four that I was kind of teetering back and forth because you do have a unique life story you are a unique person But you're not like the artsy creative type. You're more of like the work, like professional creative type. And Mm -hmm. the individualist is more of like the musician or the, you know, artsy type of person who feels like nobody really understands them. I don't think you feel like 
woe is me, nobody understands me, but I do think you are very unique in some of the things like you, you kind of challenge the status quo when it comes to, I don't know, women archetypes or whatever the case might be, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that was one where I was like, oh, this sounds like her too. (laughs) Kind of. That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like this maybe, maybe could have been me in high school or something. Oh, there you go. Cause I was, I was more artsy in high school, you know, like music was like my life, right? That's all I did. So yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm reading it now too, (laughs) scrolling (laughs) through. I feel like, you know, that, that could also be me. I could see how someone could pick this for me, just depending on maybe like when, when someone met me or how long they've known me. Okay. Are you ready? This is what I got. So so it's not a three or a four. Oh man. (laughs) So I'm an eight, the challenger. Oh, really? Yeah. And when I was reading through the wings, I think I'm an eight, eight wing seven. So an eight, it, um, some of the key things, you know, obviously this is like, you know, a couple pages long description of what an eight and all the other numbers are. But so it says independent and in control, self-sufficient, fierce and confident, very energetic and busy, stubborn and headstrong, goal oriented and self-confident, called bossy by peers as a child because he has a Santa Cruz. That was for sure a thing that happened to me. Like, not okay. even kidding. Yeah. So that's what I got. I'm an eight. A lot of goals here. Challengers trailblaze boldly through all walks of life and take great pride in their independence and sharp minds. They hold their heads up high and will pick themselves right back up after each stumble, stronger than before. Eights rebel against rules of society. Their opinions (laughs) of others have absolutely no effect on their standings upon an issue as they pride themselves on being fully capable and self-sufficient. We are advocates for others, are concerned with justice, combating oppression, and protecting the weak. Uh, I feel like, so Chris, Chris and I were talking about this last night, and I was like, I feel like indirectly, yeah. you know, like, I feel like I'm not going directly to whoever I believe is quote unquote weak, but I think that some of the things that I'm interested in or passionate about come around indirectly and then do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like environment you know like yeah save electricity drive a hybrid car blah 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 you know like i like i'm holding in on that first and then other things come out of you know trying to be more eco-friendly right and so that's kind of how i sort of see that and then there's this other part that you might think is interesting but this is definitely me younger version of me it says (laughs) challengers are part of the body Based triad along with type one and type nine. The core emotion experienced by this triad is anger. While ones and nines are more or less repressed or ignore their anger, eights have no problem accessing their anger, often expressing it impulsively. So I don't express anger impulsively, but I just, you know, like I mentioned, there's something annoying that I just ranted about to Tensi before we started recording. And so therefore I do feel like this is kind of in line <laughs> with um, my trait. So yeah, but your ranting was just talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, yeah. No. <laughs> it's not like you're the, I, I don't see you as the type to like storm the Capitol. You know what I mean? So when I saw this, because I went through all of them, right? Like not not too deeply. I didn't spend seven hours on this. But, but when I saw the challenger, there's like this picture of this lion shouting through a bullhorn. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> And then it's like, they can be argumentative and intimidating. It's important for them to stand up for what they believe. And while I do think you have, you articulate your opinion really well, I don't feel like you're that one who's like challenging everybody and having to take a stand, you know? So that's where I was like, wow, I think maybe I took this one too 
intensely, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, where I was like, mm-hmm. no, Shelly's not this one. Okay, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah but but the, um, the questionnaire did give me eight, so. <laughs> no, no, that makes um, sense. Yeah, yeah. And so eight wing seven, it says, and, and this, the thing is, is that I think maybe if you do the paid version, then it tells you what your wing is. But since right. we didn't do that, I was reading the you know descriptions here and I'm thinking I'm a seven because it says this type is energetic, enthusiastic, and may appear more combative than other eights. I was like, well, I don't know about that. Um, I'm not like, you know, I'm not that like person who stands up and is like, no, this is wrong. Like I would never do that. I'd probably like do that later or like in some other way, like after everyone's gone. (laughs) Um, But it says common job types for this include entrepreneur, politician, and lawyer. And the thing that's interesting is that when I take some other tests, kind of like MBTI, I think sometimes it does give you like career, like suggestions or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I do often get politician and lawyer, like some, something in that realm or it's like, I get law enforcement too. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to, I don't even want to do that. Like, why are you suggesting this to me? Cause I, I don't know. I just, when you're in some of those positions, you know, you're going to experience conflict all day long. You're like breaking up the conflict as your job. You know what right. I mean? I don't want to do that. No, no, thank you. Versus the nine where it says like nine is a peacemaker. They're confident, calm, and generally, generally more patient than other eights. Popular jobs for 8W9 include activist, professor, counselor, and judge. And so, like, again, Chris and I were talking about this. And I was like, calm and patience is more like a trained thing for me. I, when I was younger, like, patient, patient, I don't know, patient. I got to be paid to get patient, to be patient. Like, I feel like I'm patient at work because like, that's what's expected of a workplace. And because of some of like, maybe my ISTJ, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know that that's what the workplace is supposed to be like, right? We're quote unquote by the book, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I gotta be patient at work because you don't want to be that person or whatever, you know, like, it's expected of me to be accepting of others in the workplace. So, okay, fine. But (laughs) like, I would say in my personal life, I'm not that patient. I don't like to wait in lines. I had a hard time waiting in lines before quarantine happened and I had to stay at home a lot, you know? Yeah. And and lines became a thing everywhere. Anyways, yeah. So I think I'm an 8W7, but yeah, I can see how like I'm an 8. It says challengers are set to make an impact, won't back down. They pride themselves on strength, honesty, and the truth. Right. So yeah, yeah, I I can see how a lot of things, a lot of these things are true, but I also agree with you that I think the, the visual of the line with the bullhorn up at the top, there's also boxing gloves and like a gavel. Like, (laughs) I feel like that's, you know, the, the imagery here is maybe abrasive, you know, know, like, yeah, it's saying something. Right. And, you know, I don't, I don't think the imagery is reflective of me, but I do feel like some of these other things I'm like, Oh Yeah. Yeah, I could see this. It does It does say that this trait is more common among men, though, which when Chris and I were reading this too, he's like, yeah, you do have more like masculine personality traits than like <laughs> feminine personality traits. So yeah. very interesting. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what did you think I was? So I think you are a nine for sure. Okay. That was, I like read through them all and I'm like, I think Tempsey's a nine. I, I wasn't, it wasn't even like a toss up for me. I was like, I think Tempsey's a nine. 
And I think you are a, I'm going with nine dash one. So funny. Okay. So my results, I got one perfectionist, Mm. which is interesting because when I read through it, I was like, for the most part, this seems right, you know? And I was actually talking to our friend, Carol Serban, and she's taken the Enneagram test and she's a nine. And so when we were talking about that, she looked at me like in this really, it was over Zoom and she was like, yeah, I'm a total nine. And she looked at me like I was. I think you are too. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I got one, but I just haven't had a chance to like dig into what that means. And because at the time I hadn't, I just took the test to see what my results were. And I kind of read it a little bit. And so some of it was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but I'll, I'll look more into this later. And then when I actually looked into it, I was like, oh, that's why Carol was looking at me. <laughs> so I don't know if I did something wrong with taking the test, but if I'm being realistic, I do think that you are correct. I even put in my notes, I'm actually a 9W1. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, so when, I mean, you, when you were hesitating, I was like, she's going to say it. She's going to say it. She's got it. She already has it. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So I don't think I'd like describe the nine. So the nine is the peacemaker. It says that they're typically agreeable, calm, and easy to be around, rarely rock the boat, but they can be stubborn. They typically go with the flow. They just like being controlled and will respond with passive resistance if pushed too far. Uh, I'm not saying I think you do any of those things. (laughs) This is just what the nine is, but it's his key personality traits of the nine. Calm, collective demeanor, ability to diffuse conflict with ease, like mellow, wide circle of acquaintances, generally liked by most people. So Chris is also a nine. Oh, (laughs) I made him take this. Yes. And it was so funny because before he took it, he was like, it's going to have a picture of a sloth or something because he like, he's like a slow moving person. And one of the trees says slow fluid movements and gestures. And I was like pointing at it like, look, look. Um, Oh my gosh. But it says gentle and agreeable. Peacemakers are the skilled mediators and counselors in a group of friends or coworkers. They work hard behind the scenes in order to keep the group harmony, steady and flowing. So that's me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I had like a wide group of friends though. And going back to the MBTI test, a defender also like picks and chooses their friends carefully. They're pretty closed off in terms of their emotions and just private people in general. But the people that they decide to become friends with are the people that they can have real deep relations with, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the only piece that I would disagree with, which isn't really that big a deal. Doesn't mean I'm not one. I'm not a nine, but, but I don't have like a huge circle of friends. I have a small close knit circle of friends that I prefer to have. It doesn't mean I don't like people that are acquaintances. It just means that I like to have deep quality friendships and conversations and things like that. So the people that I truly consider my friends are those that I can have that with. Everybody else, I I tend to consider acquaintances, if that makes sense. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you know, can I tell you something that's also funny? Because like, yeah, I was having like Chris, like, look at this with me and I made him take the test and stuff like that. And then he was like, so he's a cancer of the like astrological zodiac. And he's yeah. like, Tumsi's a cancer too, right? You are. Yep. <laughs> I am. So he was basically like, she and I, she, he's like, I could tell like, we're like the same. <laughs> yep. And I'm also like Chris, I'm also like in general, slower moving. If there is a situation that requires me to have a sense of urgency, then I will. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. my preference is to to chillax, like not meaning like sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix all day. It's more of like I like when I'm cooking, right? Like let's enjoy this. Not not enjoy it, but like I don't need to rush through this and feel all of this like, I don't know, urgency to get dinner done. I'm gonna like take my time and I don't know. I, it's not like I'm overtly slow, but compared to my husband's a lot like you, right? We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, everything is like, go, 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 go. And I'm like, we don't have anywhere to be. Like, let's, let's just let's relax. <laughs> yeah, we don't but, need a sprint. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's interesting yep. too. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm like Daniel, like when I'm cooking, I'm like doing the laundry at the same time. And then like something else is happening too. I'm like listening to something, doing laundry and like cooking at the same time. And I like when all of them finish, like when they're supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) I do that kind of stuff too, but Daniel takes it. Daniel takes it to an extreme. He's like brushing, brushing his teeth on his phone and stretching all at the same time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like reading emails, brushing his teeth and stretching. It's really funny. But there is this Enneagram where there's a 1W9, Enneagram type 1 with wing 9 personalities have all the main characteristics of the type 1, but also resemble the type 9 in some ways. These ones are generally calmer than other type 1s, and they possess a strong sense of right and wrong. They're more open to new ideas and perspectives than a typical one. They may appear quieter and more withdrawn than other type 1s as well. Like type 9s, this type seeks peace and avoids conflict. 1W9s are drawn to careers in psychology, social work, journalism, and politics. So I was all on board with that until it came to psychology, social work, journalism, and politics. (laughs) (laughs) Like that makes sense. So that's why I was kind of like, okay, well maybe then I'm a 9W1 because the 9W1 seems to kind of match better in my opinion. Um, The nine wing one type is a nine who has many of the same features as the type one personality. So the perfectionist, this type is hardworking, friendly, modest, and generally more serious and diligent than other nines. Common jobs for this type include nurse, veterinarians, religious worker, and human resources manager. Oh God. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I told Chris like, oh, you can be in HR. You want my job? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I know. Super funny. So yeah, I think I am a 9W1, but what an interesting experiment, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm surprised I got it right. I was like, I'm just, I'm going to choose this one. Sounds right to me, but I'm probably going to be wrong. That's like, and that, I feel like that goes back to some of the other stuff we were talking about, right? Like I'm setting myself up for like what I think the result is going to be versus what I want it to be. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but you're you know, the logistician of you is like analyze everything and seeing what, you know, applies where it's like me, I just get a feel for it. I'm not really like, <laughs> I couldn't grasp all of the things, right? I'm just getting like a feel for what I think you are. And then it ends up being wrong, but that's okay. 
<laughs> yeah, but I thought this was really fun and a little bit different, right? We're just kind of like, oh, like, yeah, let's just, I don't know, basically throwing darts at the board and seeing what it lands on by guessing the other person's trait, right? Or where they land on the Enneagram, because this was brand new to us. We've, we've heard about it before, but not like in depth. It was just right. very high level, like, oh, there's this thing called the Enneagram. And it's kind of like a personality test. I think that's kind of where it ended until we actually <laughs> took the test for ourselves. Right. So, and that, that comes to our next point. If you read through all the characteristics of the results that you received and they don't kind of match up for you, don't go picking your own, <laughs> your own results. But at the same time, if something just doesn't make sense, think about how you took it, what frame of mind you were in, because the, the point is, is to get these results and really use them to your advantage, right? Put them into play in your life. Think about how they're affecting your life. And otherwise it's like not worth anything. Like what's the point in doing it, right? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just because you get a certain result doesn't mean it's completely accurate, but think about how you took it and what frame of mind you were in and then really apply, you know, pick out the one that really applies to you. It's probably going to be super close to the one you got. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, so what are you going to take any action from this, Shelly? Like, do you feel like there's any action that can be taken? Well, you know, I think what it all kind of comes back to is like using this to like my advantage in terms of self-awareness and how I might be able to like approach different things. I mean, for example, being called bossy by peers as a child, that's the thing that actually happens. So I think, you know, when I, when I started to hear that, it was like checking myself, like, okay, well maybe not be like, do this, do that. But like, you know, ask a question. Instead, yeah, curious, seeking, right? Seeking yeah. And so I think, you know, that that's basically what I do with some of these things. But I also feel like it's also a reminder to myself, right? Like I'm goal oriented, maybe I need to set some goals for myself that I wasn't setting before to like help me kind of like be on track and like work towards something. Because if I'm just kind of like, Oh, this could happen. That mm -hmm. might be a goal. Like it's not really helping me feeling like I'm checking a box off, like I did something, right? right? And if that's something that I need to feel like I am then like either confident, competent, or, you know, getting something done, then I should be doing that for myself um, right. because nobody, nobody else can do that for me, you know, at this point, like we're adults, right? Like, you know, we're, we're in charge of our own lives here. And so, you know, that that's the way that I feel like I see myself using that you know, yeah, awareness and kind of like thinking about what I want to do, where I want to be and how I can kind of like loop this in together so that I'm getting what I need to get out of it. Yeah, I agree 100%. Like mm -hmm. self-awareness is a huge thing. I think that I denied that I was sensitive for so long, for so long. And I was definitely sensitive, but I wasn't processing my feelings. <laughs> I was like, you know, suppressing everything. So of course I didn't think I was sensitive. I was trying to be this like strong person who never felt anything. And I always used to say, gosh, I hate emotions. They're the worst. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it's like, you have to feel them and you have to be honest with yourself in order to grow. Right. Yeah, so. definitely. But yeah, I think this was a really great process to go through, especially like with you and talking through it, because some of the folks who administer these kinds of tests, they're doing it for the masses, right? And so really digging in one-on-one -on -one with you was was kind of cool and making sure that, or or just talking it through was really nice. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too, because I think a lot of times too, when we find these tests on our own, we like take them and we're like, okay, 
you know, like That's we not- don't know anyone else who's taking it. Right. It's just like, Oh, I just happen to find this thing right now. I got some time, you know? And so, yeah, I think it's good to talk about it a little bit more, you know, like hear about it from your friends. And also like, sometimes I think it also offers up that other perspective where you're like, do I really do that? Is that really my strength? Kind of don't feel like it. Is that really my weakness? Re- weakness? I never noticed, you know, and other right. people can kind of like help help with that like oh yeah no I did notice this one time and like maybe even offer up some examples and then you know I think that that kind of provides an opportunity for growth or changing our direction if we feel like we need to right yeah Um, mm -hmm. and understanding yourself better helps you to build relationships better or improve relationships if if you know something's happening with them but I think definitely doing it with Chris too was great because you guys Mm -hmm. kind of mostly knew all that stuff about each other right but Mm-hmm. confirming it and being able to work with it better to build a stronger relationship is always good. So I think that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the outright effect. We encourage you to take your own personality test, whichever one works for you and let us know how it went where we want to hear from you guys. You can find us at theoutrighteffect.com. Follow us on your social media accounts on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at the outright effect. And you can also reach out by emailing us the at gmail.com. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye.